Hello and welcome to Irreverent Testimony brought to you by Netroots Radio, the political podcast by and for millennial and Gen Xer types from a left-wing perspective. It is Saturday, February 10th, 2018. I got the year right this time. <laughs> and I'm Travis. I'm Rachel. And uh, another week of fun and games and merriment and wonder. Is it? In this new age. <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, what do you want to start with? I don't know. Uh, All right, let's start with the story that we thought was gross and horrifying and thought would just be like a one-hour story and go away. And instead, it kind of has blown up to like the biggest scandal of the Trump presidency so far, which is kind of interesting and baffling, but good. The Rob Porter thing? The Rob Porter story. Yeah, yeah. So you want to give a little background on who Rob Porter is and what his role was in the White House? Well, I'm not exactly clear because they don't really have clear roles in the White House. I looked it up. He's a staff secretary. Was a staff secretary. Was a staff secretary. Apparently, uh, I mean, that can mean a lot of things, right? But pretty high ranking. So he was working with uh, senior staff at the White House. Yes. So... And you want to explain sort of what a staff secretary does? Yeah. I mean, it's like an assistant to... Uh, the chief of staff, the, mostly, Yeah, right? or, or high-level staffers. Mm-hmm. It can be... I don't know specifically which one he worked for. I can look that up, but... Um, but they help them draft press releases, and they prepare you know statements to the press, and they prepare for important meetings and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's similar to what I do for lawyers, except that... They work at the White House. Your cat is chiming in about this <clears throat> as well. Um, so this guy has been married and divorced at least twice. Mm-hmm. And during the vetting process that the FBI goes through with anyone who's going to work get in the clearance. White House yeah. to get clearance and just to, you know, vet people. Yeah, like getting a background <laughs> check for any job. Yes, they do a very rigorous uh, background check. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a background check. They interview people in your life that are close to you, including like crazy things like to get clearance in the United States government is kind of nuts. Like they'll go talk to your neighbor from 10 years ago yeah, and your boss's wife and mm-hmm. like just everybody College that they roommates. can. And depending on the level of security clearance that you have to uh, that you're applying for, it can be like really obscure people in your life. And the the people who have gotten security clearances or temporary ones in this administration is a whole other story in and of itself. Yes. And the people who work in the White House who have not gotten security clearance is a whole other story in itself, mm-hmm. who are on temporary ones or, or what have you. So anyway, um, given that they might talk to your college roommate's, you know, wife's friend, um, they're certainly going to talk to your ex-wives. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he was being vetted by the FBI, they did talk to his two ex-wives, both of whom reported to the FBI that he had physically abused them, um, that they had reported it to police. They provided police records. They provided photos from the, the investigation with black eyes and, and a whole host of horrors. And then he went to work at the White House. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's... <laughs> unheard of I would say yeah. um yeah and uh, you know when it first came the allegations first came out it's not really allegations when the facts first came out the White House's response was 
oh my God, we had no idea. And, you know, we didn't know. And then the FBI came out and said, well, we knew. And they were like, well, they didn't tell us. And they were like, no, we did tell you. So it's kind of been <laughs> developing over this week yeah. of like them being like, we had no idea. This is horrible. He resigned. Actually, right? the first response was kind of like, we don't care. He's not going anywhere. That He's great. Really He's wonderful. Response. And then they were like, oh, we had no idea. Yeah. And then they were like, well, FBI was like, well, we knew. And they were like, well, the FBI didn't tell us. And they were well, like, we, we knew, but we didn't you. see the pictures, so we couldn't be and sure. And then, yeah, the yeah. final, the keeps final evolving. thing. Yeah. So Kelly, John Kelly, General John Kelly, who's the chief, chief of staff, staff. Mm-hmm. who was supposed to bring order to the White House and a sense of morality and ethics. Um, <laughs> yeah came out and said, you know, he's just this really great guy and I, you know, he's an upstanding moral character and all of this craziness, um, still hasn't walked any of that back. And then when the pictures came out, which this is so maddening as a woman, they, the pictures of the black eye, what a lack of empathy do you have to have that you have to see a picture of a black eye to believe that there was one? it's like, I don't even know. It's so maddening. So he was like, oh, all those pictures are very disturbing. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, It's really disturbing when men beat the shit out of their wives. Pictures be damned. It's a black eye. It's that's what happens when you punch your wife in the face. That should be horrifying enough without a goddamn picture of it. Well, there's a lot of layers to this that just boggle the mind and just make this, the white house and Kelly just look awful and more and more awful every step of the way that they respond to this, right? Because there's the fact that somehow that despite the FBI giving them full knowledge of this guy's background and him being a wife beater, they said, yeah, whatever. And they hired him. Then there was their ever-changing response to when these the the actual photos and the story came to light. And then finally, when he's out the door, they're still like, gosh, it's really too bad. And Oh yeah, Trump responded and was like, Oh, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. This I, is a really hard time for him. Uh, I really wish him well in his career. He did great work for us. Um, this is really tough for him. He's going through a lot. Right. Not once has Trump mentioned any of the women. No, no, nor Kelly, nor Sanders, nor any of them. No. And, uh, you know, Kelly did say, oh, you know, domestic violence is really terrible. But um, and then Trump just went in today and just basically said on on Twitter, at least you know, we have to stop with with uh, not giving uh, accused men due process or right. accused people due right. process. These are just which, of course, he does all the time. But these are just accusations, and they can ruin people's lives. And these poor men, and you know what happened to due process? And it's like, well, first of all, these aren't just allegations. These are she got a restraining order, police reports, and pictures, and restraining orders, and things that are, it's not like all of a sudden one of his ex wives just said, "Oh, he beat me." By the way. Because she's mad today. Like, they told the FBI back in the day. They provided evidence back in the day. This is not, you know, some kind of political smear tactic. This is something that they knew from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So then, I think it was Thursday. Maybe it was just yesterday. Another guy, David Sorensen, I believe. Speechwriter. Speechwriter who, Mm -hmm. quote, worked closely with Stephen Miller. So he must be a really (laughs) stand-up guy. Oh, God. Um, Report surfaced that his wife, his ex-wife, also... um, Reported to police. It's like there's a pattern here, right? Oh my God, right? Because Bannon also beat his wife. Yes. And then Lewandowski. Trump and... gave him the nickname Bam Bam Mm-mm. because of allegations that he beat his wife. The Sorensen guy, though, um, did things like choke her, throw her against a wall. Sure, yeah. Um, very severe 
physical abuse. You know, what's heartbreaking is when you read the accounts, especially, um, for, um, uh, Porter's ex-wife and any, and you can, you can see how they try to even minimize it. They're like, yeah. well, he threw me down. It was usually a better, a couch he threw me down on. Mm-hmm. And you know, he choked me, but he didn't choke me that hard. And it's just like, Oh my, oh my God, God, I can't, I, yeah. but I get it. Yes. I understand. Yes. Like you don't want to be living with a monster and you want to try to create some normalcy in your life and you want to hope it, it ends or gets better or that it's a one-time thing. And, and of course it never is. The way that we shame domestic violence survivors and the way that we blame them and shame them and this narrative of why didn't you just leave and why weren't you yeah. stronger and why weren't yeah. you better? And it's like that kind of shit sinks in and that's why abuse is so pervasive and 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 that's why when women say things like that, it's because they're saying it's like they're preemptively defending themselves. They yeah. have been in their heads the whole time. Yeah. Well, I didn't leave. It was always a couch and he didn't choke me to the point where this and then it was nice. And it's not like you go on a first date and a guy punches you in the face and you marry him. <laughs> the cycle of abuse doesn't work that way. Yeah. These men are charming and charismatic and kind and lovely and yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. They sweep you off your feet and... Just like any other abuser, they can, you know, they pick their partners and victims very carefully and they know how to groom you. And it's a whole process. This isn't like, you know, uh, it's not like, like I said, it's not like you go on a first date and he punches you in the face and you're like, oh, it's fine. Um, <clears throat> then after the abuse, there's the honeymoon period. Mm-hmm. And I'm so sorry. I'm so, I'm so sorry. sorry. And I'll buy you never happen and again. Never happen again. And I'll go to therapy and everything will be fine. And then it is fine for a while. And then it's not fine again. And, you know, it's really tough. And we ha- really need to do a better job in this country of talking about domestic violence and framing domestic violence in a way that stops further victimizing the victims yeah. and blaming them um, because it, creates a situation where women don't leave and can't leave. And there's other reasons that they don't leave and can't leave, which is financial, financial, children, all kinds of things get wrapped up in this. Regardless, knowing that someone has a history of abuse of women, it should come as no surprise, was not a factor that uh, excluded anyone in this White House from being hired. Now, even more gross is that it has come to light now that now this guy is or has been dating Hope Hicks. I heard something about that. Yeah. What the fuck? Well, and then you wonder, like, did she know? Did they keep it from her? Did they find out and not warn her? You know, I mean, God, who knows? You know, I, I don't know the details about that, but that's gross and scary. Yeah. Uh, and... I'm no fan of Hope Hicks, but I don't want any woman to be abused. No, of course not. And um, so it's a mess and it's gross and uh, it has gotten way more attention, at least in the media. But here's the thing that kills me, though, right? Like when we go back to before the Roy Moore campaign Mm -hmm. in November-ish, Trump's uh, approval was hovering around 35, 36%. Mm-hmm. Then he went to full on bat for Roy Moore and then Roy Moore lost. And then his popularity actually ticked up with Republicans. Now that might actually, that it might have to do with this, the tax bill or whatever. <laughs> it actually ticked up. And like every, sometimes anytime something crazy happens, like he, he just holds steady or even gains a little bit. So like, you just wonder if anything matters at all. It doesn't. 
No. It doesn't, ultimately. Like, for people that support Trump, it's been clear for a very long time that anything having to do with women will never matter. Anything having to do with anything will never matter. Except racism. That, that doesn't really matter either. No, I mean, that's I, the thing that keeps them there. Yes, If right. he were to come out and say Black Lives Matter and I love DACA, Dreamers, and... Um, you know, white supremacy is bad. Then you see a huge down in his well, if, face. Well, if he corners. said it and then backed it up with calls for <laughs> actual legislation, then then you you might be right. Yeah, that's the only thing that that would ever make his supporters not support him. Yeah, that's the reason they love him. Right. Ultimately, but it's it's been clear, I think, for women everywhere forever since, especially since the Access Hollywood tape and and really just since he started running that um, his supporters do not care, do not see women as people. No. I mean, the picking of Mike Pence for VP, that proved it. Um, The Access Hollywood tape proved it. Multiple accusations of rape and assault and harassment. And, I mean, anything having to do with women isn't a big deal because these people don't see us as humans, really, fully as people. So, And then when he surrounds himself with people like Bannon and Porter and Lewandowski, why is it a surprise? Right. I mean, it's not. But it's interesting to me that, um, I feel like it's post-Me Too, that like, oh, this is a big deal. Mm -hmm. I mean, it would be a big deal in any other administration ever, of course, but for it to be a big deal in the Trump administration, I think we can give some credit to um, the way that women have been speaking out and and being listened to and the way that people have been reacting to things that affect women. And that's good. Um, But man, (laughs) I don't know. It's so frustrating. And on that subject, before we get some more current stuff, um, Steve Wynn, he's officially stepped down, but they haven't returned any of his money. No. And I guess they're not going to have to because there's a different set of rules for Republicans yeah. and nothing matters and they're not held to task for it. Right. They're so just not. So he stepped down as the chief financial officer for the RNC and then he also stepped down as CEO Head of, of Win Hotels. Win Hotels. Mm-hmm. Um, so good. <laughs> I can't, but, I mean, I don't know. But they haven't I given a dime back. No. And their new excuse is, well... There hasn't been due process of law. So so their new benchmark is um their new benchmark is well, unless it like goes to a trial and a guy is found guilty, then which which is also a misnomer because he's paid out legal settlements. Right. Which is an admission of guilt. Right. So but do you remember when was the Weinstein trial? No. No, I hope he goes on trial. Me too. When was the Al Franken trial? No. No. I mean No. How can you say that's the benchmark and then cry and scream that all this money should be given back on the Democrat side? The Democrats do give the money back. They do. And then they make people resign. Yeah. And then it happens over here and they're like, "Uh, he can resign, but money. Yeah. Where are all all the breathless uh, Chris Eliza articles? Yeah. And where's the round round the clock uh, ticker that it's been X number of days since... Republicans have not given the Steve Wynn money back. I mean, it, it's a different set of rules. I, I guess it's just assumed now that Republicans don't have to follow the same rules and whatever. Well, that, yeah, we've, we should be assuming that. And it's partly our fault. Um, we don't, we don't hold them as accountable. We don't, we, 
we yell and we scream, but <coughs> where is that ticker? Well, the voters don't hold them accountable and the media doesn't hold them accountable and their political peers don't hold them accountable. We try, but we don't matter. Right. So there's that. Uh, but the good news is that it, it does seem to be bothering the mainstream media in a way that they are covering it with greater force and detail than I was expecting. I well, was for expecting the Porter it to thing, be a yes. one or two day thing. Yeah, and not, not, the, not the wind thing. No. They've just kind of shrugged at that and yeah. moved on. Yes. Uh, they didn't shrug and move on about Weinstein. They didn't shrug and move on about uh, John Conyers. They didn't shrug and move on about Al Franken, but... They've shrugged and moved on about Blake Farenthold. They've shrugged and moved on about Steve Wynn because it doesn't matter when it's Republicans. It just doesn't. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's yeah. Which, you know, if you take if you take that to its logical conclusion, which people don't, unfortunately. But if you did, then you say, OK, one party has a set of core beliefs and values and one just doesn't. Right. They just don't. Right. Well, you know, they just th- don't. Nothing, it doesn't matter. Right. It's interesting. I was reading a little bit and thinking a little bit and talking about um, his approval rating with evangelical voters and it's going up. <laughs> yep. They are his most Love fervent more than supporters. Ever. Yes. Uh, now part of that granted is just denial when they, Oh, it's the conspiracy against them. So we're going to get our backs up and fight all these false allegations. But like you're, I think what you're about to say is some of it is like, Oh, this, this stuff's kind of fine with us. Yeah. So my, what I've been thinking about and doing some some thinking about is both evangelical voters and white women and mm. and why they vote Republican and specifically why they support Trump, because it's baffling to me. I don't understand it. And I've really tried to read all the articles and, and read all the things and and. What I've come to is two things. One, if you really think about evangelicals and what their belief systems are, it does sort of make sense that crimes against women and things against women wouldn't bother them because their worldview holds women as less than men. Biblically, and the way that they are raised and the way that they speak about women and Mm -hmm. talk about women and think about women and women's roles in society and women's roles in, um, in general... It it makes sense that if you were to say this man did this thing to this woman, they would go, that's terrible, but it's not terrible. I mean, he's a man and she's a woman and we have traditional roles and maybe she's being too loud and maybe she's lying and we don't want to take away this man's reputation and we don't want to take away. I mean, men are just better. They're just uh, on a higher level than women. That's just how evangelicals see the world. Um and that's not just because they're against abortion or because they, you know, it's it's, it's how they structure their homes and families and churches. Um, the reason that Mormons love them so much, I was thinking about, because that's the same thing there. Mm-hmm. The, the way that they structure their homes, families, churches, their social hierarchies very much is man, then woman, then everybody else. So it sort of makes sense to me that they don't get as outraged about this, even though they're supposed to be this like family values thing, right? Because men are kind of infallible, right? Evangelical Christians think, um, unless you turn out to be gay, 
<laughs> if you're straight, though, you can get away with all manner of things, and they really do brush it off as yeah. boys will be boys and mm. men will be men, and probably the woman had something to do with it. Did she piss him off? Mm. You know, he cheated Did with she wear a short he skirt. He fucked yeah. Stormy Daniels, but he had an opportunity to fuck a hot chick. I mean, I get it, and she was pregnant, and you know, it's shitty, but it's he's just a man. All men are fallible, right? All men are fallible. We forgive them. And maybe if Stormy Daniels hadn't come up to Trump, maybe if she hadn't been so slutty in his face, he wouldn't have done it, right? And this is really how they think. <laughs> sure, sure. Let me ask you this, because this to put it in a little bit of perspective, right? Let's roll back the clock to the um, uh, quaint days of 2012. Yeah. And Mitt Romney is running against Barack Obama. And Mitt Romney, he's a boring Republican Mormon guy, basically. Yeah. He believes in awful economics and he's a venture capitalist. But he's a good family guy for the most part. Yeah. Forgetting about the dog thing for a second on the on the roof. Mm-hmm. And but he says this really dumb, baffling, kind of gross line in a debate about binders full of women, right? Right. But the binders full of women caught fire. Yes. Like what he was referring to was during his hiring process, he had his staffers um, produce binders <laughs> full of females that he could potentially hire. Not that he actually hired many. No, of them, he but, didn't. But he had these binders proof that he's not a sexist and, and he right, wasn't right, right. right. That was the context. It wasn't yeah. even like like if Trump said binders full of women, we'd be like, oh, God, is it a catalog? Is he picking his next wife? I mean, sure, God sure. knows. But, but, the, yes. but the point is. White women and the media recoil from this clunky line that yeah. Romney delivers, yeah. which I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say was innocuous, but it was, it was just kind of a gross Republican <clears throat> thing to say, right? Yeah. But you've contrast that against Trump's 19 <laughs> accusers and like banging a porn star and, and like that doesn't and matter saying, grabbing people by the pussies. to white women. Right. So it's mind boggling. Is it just like that the Trump, the stuff on Trump is so gross and so it's like people tune out or go, it just, it can't be true or it's, it has to be overblown. Here's my opinion. And I've been thinking about this a lot because I've been reading this book, um, by a young black feminist woman and it's fucking incredible. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about race and women and white women in particular, and it's been fomenting into this theory that I have about Mm -hmm. why white women vote Republican. Yes. Because we all know it's against their own self-interest. It just is. Republicans don't support wage equality. They don't support choice. They don't support... um, they, they, they're going against Title IX. They don't really give a shit about rape. They kind of think that, you know, um, sexual harassment is they don't believe women. I mean, there's no reason for white women to vote Republican with a couple of exceptions. If you're a crazy pro-lifer, then yeah, that's yeah. one If you're reason. a hardcore evangelical, sure. If, if you're that one issue voter, then that makes sense to me. But there's another thing that I was thinking about, and that is... White women have two things to fall back on as women that black women do not have, and that is whiteness mm-hmm. and white men. Mm-hmm. So black women don't have whiteness to fall back on as a crutch, and they don't have white men to fall back on as a crutch. And they 98 to 99% of them vote in their own personal self-interest, and they vote Democrat. White women, on the other hand, as a result of the patriarchy— and white supremacy 
have both whiteness and white men to fall back on. And I think that a lot of white women, particularly married white women, view their husband's best interest as their own best interest. And so when they vote Republican, it's because they've drank the Kool-Aid and they've believed that Republicans are better for white men. And that's probably true. But, uh, but I'm talking about Trump specifically because Obama won white women. Did he? Yeah. Not by much, but it flipped enough to make the difference. So was it just contempt for Hillary? Yes. Well, part of it. And was it just Trump's outright racism? Yes. But I'm, I'm going to finish my point and then okay. we can talk about Trump. Because okay. it's not just, I mean, Roy Moore won white women. <laughs> in Alabama. Yeah. If, if Roy Moore ran a national campaign, he, he wouldn't win white women, I don't think. We don't know. We don't know, but I would venture but to guess this not. This is my theory, and I want to talk about it because I think it's true. I think that the, the baffling number of white women who vote Republican is because they see themselves tied to their husbands, mm-hmm. and what's in their husband's best interest is in their best interest. So, you know, oh, well, the tax policy will be good for us, and the, the Democrats, because we're terrible at messaging, have become the party of minorities and and welfare and all of these things identity and these politics. identity right and mm. these these suburban middle class to upper middle class white women that doesn't speak to them because they're not those people they don't need welfare they need their husband to get a promotion or they need mm-hmm. taxes to go down or whatever lie that the Republican party has spun that they started to believe so they're not really voting for women's interests because they don't see themselves as independent from their husband's interests. Right. In a way that black women do. Right. Right? hmm And I think that that goes at least some part of the way to explaining, this is just my theory, and I would welcome anybody's feedback, don't mansplain to me. Um, <laughs> I won't. A conversation about that, because I think it's true. I think even my mom, when I think about my mom and how she votes, I think, first of all, she's definitely drank the Kool-Aid about, you know... I mean, she's just casually racist around the edges. She's a wonderful human being, and I love her, but she has drank the Kool-Aid about, like, well, Blacks you know, are black people worked and harder. Hispanics and don't want to learn language, yeah, 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 and they're yeah. gang members. Right, and right. Yeah. All that kind of stuff, right? So anyway, I think, <clears throat> as far as Trump goes, I think, to your point, it, yeah, it's like, t- it can't be true. You know? Yeah. I can't, it's embarrassment and shame, in part. Mm-hmm. I can't have you voted can't, for can't a person that with this, that yeah. actually happened, so I'm just going to bury my head in the sand and pretend like it's a conspiracy, yeah. pretend mm-hmm. like it didn't happen because I'm embarrassed that I would vote for a person like that. That can't be all of them now. <clears throat> no. Remember my Republican friend from work who doesn't yeah. work there anymore? Uh-huh. That was her. She Except was Except you, when you would sit down racist. and explain her the facts, she would... She was a little racist. Yeah. And also... When he was actually the president and she was witnessing some of the crazy shit in the first months, she was like, oh, my God, like when you really dig down, she was so embarrassed about her vote and all she wanted was Mike Pence. (laughs) And she had such a vile hatred for Hillary Clinton that she was like, I voted for Obama twice, which I don't believe. Um, (laughs) It's possible. But I would never vote for Hillary. So there's definitely that sense, too, of like. White women really resent the fuck out of Hillary Clinton. Really, especially women of that age and income bracket. We can't say it's about Bill anymore, though. It's not about Bill. It's about Hillary. It's about 
why does she get to have all this ambition mm. and why does she get to have all this power and what who is she and she's and, and my career has to take a second a back to my seat husband and my and ambition, my ambition has, to take, has to take a back seat who, and, uh, why does she get why does to, she who does she think yeah, she is it's a good point who does she think she is thinking she could be president better than us yep that's an interesting that's a really interesting point and it might be like yep. a subconscious thing yeah. almost yeah because there's a hatred among yeah, some of those women. There that, is. You can hear it. Yeah. That they just fucking hate. And her. any any accusation that flies in your direction, they like instantly believe. Oh, yeah. Like a million percent. Like I think about that lady in Florida we overheard and she just. Yeah. Me, She's a crook. She's a dirty crook. Yeah. And I'm thinking based on what? What? What evidence? What are you talking because about? Because somebody said Benghazi a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whitewater and something about servers and emails. Yeah. I mean, no. Yeah. No. There's there's this. And it's just among some white women, a lot of white women, of course, those white feminists just love her. Um, <laughs> but there, I, th- I do think there's a, a sense of resentment and a sense of um, who do you think you are, especially uh, women of that same age that she is, mm. that are middle class, that they see themselves in her and they resent the fuck Well, not out the of second her. waivers, but no, the ones who kind of resisted that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Uh, we got a little off topic here, but it's always yes. good when we do that. <laughs> I want to jump into the budget resolution because I have a lot to say about this. Um, and Democrats are, are arguing and fighting right now a little bit. And you know what? That's okay for the time being, because I think there's important things we're trying to hash out and figure out here. So let me put it in a nutshell, notwithstanding Rand Paul's, um, hissy fit fit and Nancy Pelosi's 10 hour something, which is kind of hard to gauge what it all meant right now in light of what happened. Cause after that, she didn't whip her people to not vote for the thing. Yeah, so it's really weird. Me. Yes. Uh, well it's not, if you want to be really cynical, but it, it, look, a, a two year budget resolution was in fact passed, which did some decent things spending wise for our side. Um, but didn't really do anything for the dreamers past this amorphous promises oh no we're gonna get to it we're gonna get to it we're gonna get to it so you have two camp basically two camps right now you have a camp of uh the the liberal core of the democratic party of the progressive wing who's kind of pissed off right now who's or very pissed off in some cases and said i don't understand two weeks ago what schumer's shutdown thing was for if we were just going to go back and not get anything done for the dreamers before voting for this um I guess it's not a CR. Well, it is like a longer CR, I guess. Yeah, it's a budget resolution. It's a budget resolution, yeah. which is not the same as appropriations, but we won't get into that. Go listen to Kegro if you want a full breakdown of how this all actually works. But the point is they agreed on a, on a two-year budget. So we won't have yeah. debt ceiling fights every six months now or whatever, for right. two years at least. And, But at the end of the day, the, the Democrats in the House and the Senate, they, they didn't hold out for a docket deal, which is what they kind of said they were going to do. And they well, yes. And I mean, Pelosi's point was to try to force Paul Ryan into allowing them to do that because Mitch McConnell and the Senate had already said, we'll allow a vote. Yeah. And it looks like they're and, actually going to start bringing it up next week. They're going to start actually debating a document. And fix. she was saying, Paul Ryan, you have to allow the same thing because he made no such promises. No, it was only Mitch McConnell, which was very, if you want to be cynical about it, smart for the Republicans to say, sure. Yeah, no, Mitch McConnell says we'll do it. Paul Ryan never fucking will. So it doesn't matter. Right. One house will do it. One won't. Well, we'll now, well, well, now Ryan, Ryan kind of has. Yeah. But, but here's the point. Right. And then the other side is like, look, 
there was nothing we could do. We don't have any control. We could have, we could have held out and not voted. We would have had a shutdown. The Republicans would have been screaming every, first of all, they wouldn't have budged because they don't give a shit Mm -hmm. and they'll keep the government closed for weeks on end or months. And there'll be all the problems associated with that. And every day they'll have microphones in front of their face and they'll say the Democrats shut down the government and we want to work on DACA, but they, they shut down the government and we want to work on DACA. And due to the, the ingrown facts that they know how to message and we don't, uh, you can see where Schumer and Pelosi are coming from and yep. saying, we got to roll the dice and get this passed and not be saddled because they, a lot of polls have come out and here's the thing. And, and this is a gross American dichotomy, but, and I'm going a lot of places with this, so stay with me, but you know, 90% say yes, the DACA protection should be there, but then is it worth shutting down the government for it, It's like 60 to 30? No. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I get it. I understand why the progressive wing is pissed. I understand why the quote establishment wing or however this is breaking up now is saying we really didn't have much of a choice right now. And like, we're going to look at next steps and if they are saddled with not doing a DACA fix, we'll have to use that. But they were never, they were never going to cave and give us a DACA fix to pass the budget. Nope. I, I, I like, I and get, the Republican messaging on that is what does DACA have to do with the budget? Yeah. They're holding us hostage with some earmarked thing that has nothing to do with the budget because they're, you know, I mean, their, their message is just better. Yeah. And, 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 and so we would have lost this politically to, well, yeah, probably I, I, I'm ambivalent. I'm really not sure. I totally, I, I totally understand, especially in light of the, the shutdown two weeks ago. Exactly. Like what the point? What the fuck was the point of that? I, I, What's the point of any of this? I guess if we're going to grandstand, shut it down, and then make a deal without anything, I get being pissed about that. But also, we don't. We legitimately don't have any control in government right now. No, both I, points I, are valid. I think the point was, you you get it on the record that we were willing to do this, and we're the ones that really care, and we made them promise they're going to work on it and that they care about it. And the the thing is. Again, there's no rules for Republicans. Like t- tomorrow, if if McConnell and Ryan just say, eh, f- "No, we're not gonna, no, we're not gonna debate DACA. We're not gonna, we're not gonna touch it. Fuck it. Nah, whatever." So what? Like, what what price do they pay? Nothing. None. Can it get any worse for them on the on the projected 2018 bloodbath that's coming? Not on immigration. Not it, and 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 like so, it not only they, gets worse for them in their base. It yeah, exactly. It doesn't do anything. They're already the bad guys, and everybody knows it on Dreamers and DACA and immigration. As much as fucking NPR and the Sunday talk shows want to say, like, oh, we really do care. We want to have a thing. It's those these poor dreamers. Everybody knows it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. So there's no, they have, there's nothing they can lose. They could, they're gonna blow us off, and they're not gonna do anything. And maybe Jeff Sessions will start deporting DACA. I don't, I mean, dreamers. I don't know. That would be a really, really <clears throat> bad look for them. And I, I think a lot of, um, a lot of Republican incumbents who actually want to get, stay in Congress and are in districts that are sort of purple or with high Hispanic populations are probably scared of that. But just as many, if not more are scared of being primaried by the hard right. Yep. And don't, they just want to deport all the, all the dreamers. Yep. So I don't know what the, where the fuck this goes. And we know P- Ryan is spineless. Yes. So I, I think we could be looking at going into 2018, kind of the worst case scenario here in that 
Um, the Republicans have not moved on DACA and they're starting to try to get ready or they're already are deporting dreamers. Because remember, the artificial Trump deadline for DACA is March 5th coming up. Yep. And yeah. And then the base will be very, the base could be depressed because in the end, the Democrats didn't stand up and draw the line and protect these people and protect these people. We promised we could do. However, there's not much we can do to protect these people when we have literally zero branches of government under our control. Yeah, but none of them. But most people don't get. I mean, the dreamers get it. They they are paying enough attention. They understand how this all works. But they also could have said, "Well, fucking shut the government down, then." Yeah, this is our lives we're talking about here. So it's a mess. But it's other people's lives we're talking about if we shut the government down. Yes, it's complicated. It is complicated, it, and it's. And, and it's and since we are thinking about it a lot and we're not just knee jerk falling into a camp of the, oh, Chuck and Nancy fucked up or Chuck and Nancy did the right thing. We're, we're ambivalent. We're not we're not really I'm sure. Not happy. I'm not happy that this is what happened. Well, I'm not even sure. I, I don't know if if we did the right thing or not. I don't either. I know for sure that I want protections for dreamers. I know for sure I want that. <clears throat> I, I just don't know how we're going to get there. I just don't know how. I don't either. And and again, without controlling any of the branches of government and with Trump in power, I, I, there has to be a sense of realism on what can actually be accomplished. Yes. Yes. We could have. Okay. Pelosi and Schumer could have whipped their people into helping shut the government down. Yes. They absolutely could have. Yes. And then what? Yep. And that's my question. And then what? And then do you actually believe that just Repu- two weeks the of- Republican Party is going to be like, oh, fuck, the government's shut down. That's awful. I guess we'll have to let immigrants. No, no, they're not. They never. No, no, no. So no. what? So what would have happened was every single Republican in Congress, even the quote moderate ones, would be on the television every day saying Democrats shut the government down over DACA, but we're, but we want to actually work on it. So the military families are suffering and government workers are suffering and we're losing all this money and, and grandma's all, suffering and grandma's suffering and, and it's all because of the Democrats. And then the really hardcore ones would be firing up their base saying the Democrats shut the government down because they love illegal immigrants. Yes. And then we could have taken the chance that that wouldn't work and it would backfire and public sentiment would all Go to A, blaming it all on the Republicans, and B, saying, no, we demand justice for these dreamers right now, and no, I, we need a fix. Not and I just, I don't think reality. that's realistic. It's not. It's I not. wish it was. Me too. But it's not. I, You know, I wish this country's heart would grow ten sizes like the Grinch when faced with this sort of thing, but... Look where we are. Look who controls the government. And here's the thing you always have to remember about polls. 90% of Americans think the dreamers should stay. Yes. When you ask them what, how that ranks and the thing that is the most important to them. It's way down the way fucking Way down list. the fucking list. So you got to think of it like Joey Lucas in uh, The West Wing. <laughs> yes, Americans care about gun control. Mm-hmm. We're, they're on our side about gun control. Yes, Americans care about dreamers. But when you ask them, how do you rank it? How do you rank it? If you're not a dreamer or you don't know someone who is. Yeah, it's not your neighbor, your friend, your cousin. It's like, well, don't shut the fucking whole government down over these people. Jesus, it's not a priority. It's not a high enough priority for enough people that shutting the government down would work. It just isn't. But it's the same reason that we can we're on the right side of guns, pass gun stuff. 
the people who care the most about guns vote and they're on the other side. Everybody else is like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But they're not going to go shut the government down over it. They're not going to go to a special election to vote about it. They're not going to call their senators about it. It's just, yeah, of course, that makes sense, right? Yeah. So it's about yeah. passion and, and how, mu- how much it matters, not just their opinion. That's the thing about polls. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And and here's the problem, right, though. There, there, there better be something more. There better be a plan or an ace in the hole than, okay, uh, I, Paul Ryan and Mitch will do the right thing and we'll get a DACA deal. And yeah, maybe we'll give some money for the wall. And, you know, hopefully the, the Stephen Miller provisions won't be that bad and we'll get, and everybody will be happy. It's like, no. what are the chances of that happening? None. So None. There, there better be a plan past trusting Brian and Mitch to actually get this done. I, I think they would want to, to get that albatross off their back, but I don't, because there is such widespread public support for the dreamers. You would think this is an easy thing, but we are in a midterm election year and they need to get their and base they need out to get their base out. And they need to not get a bunch of their members primaried by even crazier people. <laughs> yeah. So if this wasn't 2018, maybe, yeah. But it's 2018 and they are already fearing the blue wave. They're already scared they're going to lose their asses. A bunch of people are resigning and just not going to run again because it looks so yeah, bad. Yeah. But the ones that are left, they're not going to do a fucking immigration deal in an election year in a midterm, especially when that's the best chance they have of retaining their seats because Republicans vote and Democrats don't. They're so, not. yeah. So I they're think not. I think what Chuck and Nancy did. And, and yes, I think they, they genuinely care about the dreamers. I do but too. but in terms of what the strategy is, I think it's very simple. We don't have the power to do jack shit. A, sh- a shutdown is not going to help us achieve any of our means, not a, not a protracted one. We get it on the record how much we really care and that it is the responsibility of the party in power to get this done and let the chips fall where they may. And that may not be very good, and I don't know what else we can do. But fucking elections have consequences, motherfuckers. We don't have any power. So if you hate what's going on right now and you wish that people would listen to Nancy and Chuck, then fucking vote. Vote. Yeah. And vote Democrat because this is like people are not accustomed to us having no power. They're accustomed to us being obstructed an awful lot. But Mm -hmm. but this idea that like, why don't the Democrats do something is like, no, no, you guys fucking tied our hands. And yes, politics is kind of cynical. Look. I think their hearts are in the right places. I think most Democrats legitimately care about the dreamers. But when you're talking about politics, you have to think about it in terms of politics. Yeah. You have to think like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, and you have to think, how is this going to play out in the fall? What are our chances of getting control back? Because we don't just want control back to have power. We want control back so we can do shit like protect dreamers. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, boy... Yeah, again, I, I don't know what the answer is. I, and they can do more. Maybe they can, they can do sit-ins. And I, I, I don't know. There, there's no good answers and there's no good options here. But the Republicans also know if they start deporting dreamers, it's real fucking bad for them. You would think. No, it is. Like, they are not going to give us a, a deal on DACA. They're not going to give us a deal on immigration, but they're not going to let... <laughs> the cameras in the faces of some 30 year old business owner with two small children, but they're already doing has that. leukemia and they're about to deport him, but he's lived here since he was two years they're old. They're already doing that though. Not dreamers. 
These are people who came in of their own volition. There was one guy, but he was like two years outside the limit. They've not they've not deported a dreamer to my knowledge. Yeah. They're not going to let that happen because uh, the, the widespread public support, they understand. Okay, well, let's say the March 5th deadline comes and goes, which is, you know, less than a month away now. Yeah. And Trump says, oh, there's no, there's no, there was no DACA deal. These people are all illegal immigrants. ICE, go do your thing. ICE isn't going to lay back. No, they're hungry. They are ruthless. They can't wait. Vile humans. Yeah. Yes. And they have quotas. Yes. So, so Congress knows that. The Republicans know that. And they're going to push him to make another false deadline. You think so? Yeah, absolutely. They'll push it to June or something? Yep. Post-primaries, right? Yeah. Yeah. But then what? Then, then we're, then we're in June. And- they can't. They cannot. They can't allow it. If they do, first of all, it will be a moral travesty. And second uh, I of think, all, first it will be a all, political bloodbath. I don't think that helps us because I think that's a disgusting, horrible, stressful, awful thing. It's like a stay of execution that just keeps getting pushing back a few months. I know. Right? And I, I think the dreamers are going to be like, fuck no, this isn't enough. We need to do something. And the Democrats are going to be like, I don't know what we can do. And they're right. They are. What do you want us to do? We're going to try to take back the fucking House and the Senate in November and then we'll do something. But right now, what do you want us to do? And the sick irony is that like the vote could be depressed because they're just fed up with not enough action. And, and it, it is self-spiteful, but we've proved that our side will do that. We will self-spite. This is the thing that's so frustrating for me. Like elections have consequences. You can't decide to vote for Jill Stein and, you know, your libertarian buddy running for Congress because dad, the, he gave a speech to Wall Street and uh, fuck it, I'm just not going to vote protest Hillary. But And then we get to, you know, February, March, April of the following year. And it's like, yeah, the world's burning the fuck down. Well, I had this argument just on Twitter the other day. This guy was tweeting me, this guy from Miami, and I, I don't know what his status was. I don't think he was a dreamer. I think he knew dreamers. And he was just lamenting how shitty it was, how awful the Republicans are. And he's like, you know, the Democrats aren't doing enough. If, and if they don't, and I'll just, I'll just sit out the next election. And I'm like, well, what does that accomplish? He's like, well, they're just not, they're just not doing enough. And I said, okay, yes, there's one party that will obviously do something to obviously protect these people. And the, and the other party won't. So why are you going to help the other party out of spite? So, well, the Democrats just aren't doing enough. That's because you didn't fucking vote for them in the goddamn 2016 election. We lost everything. We lost everything. We cannot, we are not the ruling or governing party right now. We're not. We don't yeah. have any power. We don't have any control. When you don't vote or you vote some bullshit protest thing and the other party takes control of literally every branch of government, this is what happens. So the reason when I yell and scream about please vote in the midterms, please vote, please vote, please vote, it's because it's not just like your civic duty and you want to like make a point on election day. It's because the next two to four years are affected by how everybody votes. And what we're looking at right now is a failure of the left, especially, and of Democrats to To vote the right way and to coalesce. And what we get is what we have now. And it's frustrating and it's awful and it's terrible and I feel horrible for the dreamers and I feel horrible for trans people and I feel horrible for immigrants and refugees and women but this is what happens when you elect Republicans. Yep. 
Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, maybe more of this, but we uh, there's a second memo that shockingly uh, did get released. Yeah. And some more stuff on the Russia front and uh, some more crap that I'm sure we'll think of that happened this week. And some local stuff. Oh, and some local Having stuff. Having to do with civil rights. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Irreverent Testimony. Uh, what now, Rach? <laughs> well, uh, I want to talk about parades. Parades? Parades. Some pride, like in a few months. <laughs> we just recorded this segment and it didn't record. It's deja vu. <laughs> so, All over again, as Yogi Berra would say. Yes. Uh, we were talking about, not that you guys could hear us, but we were having a lively conversation about uh, Trump's ridiculous, bullshit, egomaniacal a uh, masturbatory plan to have a military parade in his honor. Pennsylvania Avenue in, in his, his honor. honor. Yes. Because he's the commander chief general. Commander chief general. Cor- Corporal. Trump master of the universe. Maybe he'll wear a He-Man costume. Um, maybe, I know how ridiculous it is. Maybe he'll wear a ball gag and a leather mask. Maybe. God, it would be awesome if we could have a Folsom Street parade in Pennsylvania Avenue, but... No, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's absurd. It's ridiculous. It would cost a shitload of yeah, money. Yeah, I don't think it'll actually happen. No, I, I don't either. I think there's enough Republican people and staffers around him and Pentagon people who are just going to be like, no, 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 we're not. No. We're just not. I'm sorry. We're not. Right. I mean, it looks so bad. Like, there was some article in the Washington Post the other day that was like, you know, they're trying to cover this story without being like without laughing yeah yeah and they were like um often we have had parades in this country around veterans and you know honoring the dead um but only in countries like north korea china and russia involve um artillery and equipment and and military power that's often seen as something that the United States doesn't want to do. Well, because we, it we looks did that so like in the, in the 30s and 40s and maybe a little bit in the 50s and then we stopped. Did we? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. But it's no. been like 70 years. Right. I mean, it's just, it's really horrifying. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just stupid and, and I hate it and I hate him and... Uh, oh, the funny tweet that I that I read was um, U.S. military refuses to participate in parade, citing bone spurs. <laughs> I thought was particularly funny because, as we know, Trump has never served in the military, nor uh, he dodged the draft a couple of times, from what I understand, citing yeah. bone spurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He claims military service because he went to like a military school for a couple years. For a yeah. couple years. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he's a trash garbage person, but 
Uh, well, yeah. I was going to say he'll probably cosplay if this happens. He'll cosplay and he'll like just dress up as a general. Yeah. Right. Just put all the put all the badges in the the things and the ribbons. But not like things. a like an American general, like a like a Panamanian <laughs> dictator. Right. Like right. A Central American strongman <laughs> dictator. Add more. I know that this is the most, but add like make me look like that guy. What's the guy from Richard um, Dreyfus and Moon Over Paramore? <laughs> I don't know what that movie is, but <laughs> Richard Dreyfus plays a pretend dictator. Oh well, that's Trump. Um, yeah. So parade is a laughing stock. I mean, he's getting there. No one on earth except President Trump wants to do this. No one thinks it's a good idea. Um, Lindsey Graham said it was a good idea because he still has to be a big ass kisser now and then. Oh, really? Oh, plus he's just like the military is his big heart on. Yeah. You yeah. know that when he has gay sex, they definitely dress up like soldiers. Well, at least Lindsey Graham served as far as I know. I, I don't know. I think he did. He did serve for a couple of years. So. Okay. Well. Yeah. But no, no. Yeah. He's he thinks we should be at war with everybody around the world all the time. All the time yeah. Constantly. Yeah. At a drop That's of the a answer hat. to everything. Which makes me think he didn't serve. But, but I, he I'm pretty sure he did. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. So Trump's not going to get a stupid parade, but it's it's kind of horrifying just that he really wants to, and he thinks it's a good idea. Right. And that he can command the army to make a parade. And right. Well, his def- his right-wing defenders, because even Fox News was like, this is a stupid fucking idea. Some of them, not all of them. But the others are like, well, what's wrong with honoring the troops? And it's like, no, it's not it's about not, the fucking troops. No. It's about... It's about Trump playing dictator. How about if we have a parade of all the homeless veterans that live in the United States currently? Yeah, well, our friend Sarah Burris. After we do that, we give them a place to live. Our friend Sarah Burris had this awesome tweet storm talking about how much this military parade would cost. And instead, if we did X, Y, Z, all these different things. And I guess Rachel's looking it up to me. I'm going to pull it up. Yeah, it's really good. But uh, there was that. So... And each one of them Especially got a ton given of retweets. That so. We just like had a budget showdown. Are you serious right now? Yeah. Republicans are deficit hawks, but you know, let's just. Oh, have well, a fucking... don't even get me started on the deficit hawk bullshit. Yeah. Like the yeah. only one who actually is is kind of Rand Paul, although he voted for the tax bill, so not really. Yeah. And then maybe one or two others. Um, so, yeah, Rachel's okay. going to read some good tweets. So, this is Sarah Burris, who's a frequent contributor on the show and one of my. Best, favorite, most lovely people. Mm-hmm. For the cost of military, Trump's military parade, we could buy a nice tiny home for 14500 of the 150,000 homeless veterans in the United States. Or a smaller tiny home for 39,189 homeless vets. For the cost of Trump's military parade, he could feed every single homeless veteran in the United States three meals a day for a year. For the cost of Donald Trump's military parade, you could buy a men's warehouse suit for every single homeless veteran in the United States so they could look nice for job interviews. For the cost of Trump's military parade, we could pay for a therapy session every other week for 60,000 veterans for a year. Instead of Trump's military parade, we could pay for 15,000 homeless veterans to get a certification to be an electrician or a wind power technician, which could help them earn enough to be in the middle class. For the cost of Trump's military parade, we could send a care package to all soldiers stationed in Iraq, Afghanistan, and Syria every week for 106 years. Seriously. Or we could send a care package to every single one of the 1.3 million soldiers stationed abroad every week for two years and one month for the cost of Trump's military parade. 
We could even buy a nice pair of Levi's for every single homeless veteran in the United States every year for almost 20 years for the cost of Trump's military parade. Or a pair of jeans and a new pair of Converse sneakers every year for 10 years. The point is, this isn't a game of hungry, hungry ego. There are, these are real people who fought for our country who could use someone's help. We could do something that gives them a hand. We could. Instead, we'll let Trump drive a tank down Pennsylvania Avenue. Yeah. Well, we're not going to let Trump do that. We're going to try not to. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. But um, we don't have any control of that. But no, gonna, no, we don't. Yell and scream about it at least. Okay. What else you got? Um, what else happened this week? <laughs> Nothing. Bye. See you next <laughs> week, folks. Uh, let's talk about that very bizarre article that came out in The Intercept and then was kind of picked up on by The New York Times, wherein the Russian security services stole some NSA documents yeah. and tried to sell them or did sell them back to us and also tried to sell back some purported dirt on Trump. So this is really weird. Um, and I, I, I'm sorry. I read this story and I was like, oh, God. Not because it's even that bad, but because the spinability of it is so easy. Well, you could spin it a million different ways, really. Yeah, but they'll spin it the way that the de- the more deep spit, deep state stuff. Yeah. Well, so, now now, but this is going after the CIA. CIA hasn't been in the crosshairs yet, and this is Mike Pompeo's baby. So that's uh, this isn't. If it was the FBI. Then I, that I mean now now you're gonna throw the CIA in no, this mix. No, we're in the upside down now. We're in the upside down now, and Republicans hate the intelligence community, and they hate spies, and they hate uh, things because privacy. Yeah. And I mean, oh, it's right. like yeah. an ins- it's we're living in an insane world. So it came out today in the New York Times that I guess it was yesterday actually. There's this Russian dude who's loosely connected to some Russian intel communities. Um, and the NSA and the CIA, well, the NSA in particular, um, lost or not lost, but um, was hacked, I guess. And some of their, quote, like cybersecurity weapons were lost to someone else. Not that they don't still have them, but someone else has them now. Mm-hmm. And they thought it was Russia. And this dude came to them who has like loose ties to the Russian intelligence community. And he said, I have what you want. And the reason they want this so badly is because the, the leak of this technology is a lot of what has contributed to all this hacking in the past year. It has, you know, um, really ravaged like hospitals and companies and all this stuff, right? Ransomware. Yeah. A lot of that, a lot of horrible shit is because of this, this hack that happened to the NSA. So it was of the utmost importance for them to get it back. Quote, it's not like the reason they needed to do this deal was to figure out what what they they had and who has it. Exactly. So it's, you know, because it's technology, it's not like we don't have it anymore. It's just, we needed to figure out who has (laughs) it. And it's not like once we get it, they won't still have it. Right. We need to know who has it and, and how they got it and what they're doing with it. So, so the, guy. so the NSA paid a ransom, basically. Yeah, they did. Or the, the CIA, rather. So the CIA went in um, through an American businessman in Berlin, and this guy, this Russian guy, initially wanted $10 million for this information, and he was like, cherry on top, I have all this info on Trump that uh, basically is Russian, o- Russian oppo. 
Yeah. Russian originated oppo. Comprat something. That's what they call it. Anyway, so they're like, we're not going to pay you $10 million. And he's like, how about $1 million? And they were like, uh, that's yeah. how, about odd. A how about 100 grand? So they're like, million bucks sounds good. We don't want the Trump stuff. And he's like, no, 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 you do. You do. I promise <laughs> you do. You really fucking do. I have video of him with prostitutes. And they're like, we don't care about that. We really just want the like, yeah. cyber yeah. weaponry. Yeah. So they meet with the guy, or the American businessman meets with the guy, gets the stuff. Um, and they're real suspicious of this guy. The, the, the information he has isn't very good. The, the video that he shows them of the Trump thing, which they don't want, is um, no audio, and it's a two-minute video of a man in a room with two women, and you can't tell who any yeah, of them are. Yeah. And they're like, this is not what we agreed to. Um, clearly, you don't have the information that we need. And they cut the deal off after paying, because they had a deal for a million dollars, so they were going to give him in chunks of 100000 over the course of him giving them this information, and they would confirm it, and then they'd give him another 100000 he'd give him some more. So the video was probably da, da, da. like a fat Russian dude in a, in a bad, bad blonde wig. Right, I mean, I have no <laughs> on a, idea. On a grainy 8 mm According to the New York camera. Times who watched the video, they were like, it's very unclear who's in this video. Yeah. It's impossible to confirm. There's no audio, because if there was audio, you could tell if it was Trump, but even that couldn't be confirmed, so they were like, look, this guy's not legit. It's, it's, it's bullshit. bullshit yeah. um, they did a bunch of background on him, obviously, and found that he has. Um... Anyway, so before I get to that, they cut the deal off. They're done with him. It comes out in the paper that this happened. And the reporter in The New York Times was explaining it's hard with Russian intelligence because it works so differently there than it does here. Yeah. He definitely had loose ties to the Russian intelligence community, but he wasn't employed by any of them. He uh -huh. was a money launderer, and he had a <laughs> fake all, they business. They all do that, apparently. Yes. He had a fake business, a, a front for money laundering, right? Uh -huh. Selling um, machinery to sausage salesmen who sell out of, like, food carts. That was his front. <laughs> I sell equipment to street sausage salesmen. <laughs> <laughs> can't make this up. I can't make it up. How many sausage street salesmen <laughs> can there possibly be in it, Russia? Uh, in Eastern this, Europe, I could see that. Think that about Poland money? And, and the Czech Republic, former Czech Republic. And How many times do they need this equipment? That, I mean, he's probably laundering there could, there tens of millions. Thousands of, and thousands of street sausage salesmen. Yeah, it's like hot the, dog um, carts in the, this country. But they're like, it's thinly veiled. Like the amount of money that's coming through this sausage salesman equipment business is not equivalent to the amount of money that should be coming through a sausage street salesman equipment business, period. Oh, you mean like, like hundreds when, of when millions Kushner of and dollars. Manafort flip a <laughs> $1 million property for $10 million and then it's rat infested and nobody lives there? Yeah. You mean like that? Like $100 million uh -huh. in like, you know, one small town in Russia. Yeah. They had, they, there's just really, they have a sausage fetish in this town, man. <laughs> They need sausage on the street every day, and God, the equipment is really janky, and they got to keep rebuying it, and this guy just sells it to them. There's He's nothing exactly fishy going on need. here. There's nothing fishy. It's the business idea of the century, and everyone should become a sausage street salesman equipment operating salesman person. In, in Eastern Europe. In Eastern Europe. Mm. So. Okay. That is this guy's backstory. So anyway, they cut the deal off. They're like, nah, this guy's not legit. And my greatest. No. I know. 
<laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> They're like it's a foolproof scheme. Yeah, but he did wind up getting some money, and he did have some thousand dollars. He did. They got some some of the intel back. Um, there there was a lot of the reason they cut it off wasn't because of the Trump stuff. It was because the documents that he gave back to them had so many like grammatical and usage errors. The way um, that it was written as compared to actual Russian intel documents, that it seemed that he forged them yeah. and that none of it was what they wanted. It, basically, he was just a con man. And he was like, sure. he could provide evidence that he had these loose connections, but they were saying it's really hard because he did have those connections. And in the States or in a lot of other countries, that shit would be like, okay, this guy's connected. But in Russia, so it's, more, it's really weird how it works over yeah. there. In the so it's more or less a non-story any way you slice it. Yes, except that we gave him $100,000, which we did. <laughs> the CIA oh, gave him $100,000. And it that's... reminded people that very sensitive information has been hacked from the NSA. Correct. By the Russians. Yes, and they're very upset about it. Yeah. Very upset about it. Well, our Congress isn't that upset about it. No. But if this guy did have legitimate Trump on dirt, which it sounds like he probably doesn't, but if he did, like, that's a reminder, like, you're really going to trust these people? Yeah. Like, they're not going to turn on you? Like, we know Putin does have a P-tape and God knows what else that he's ready to use if Trump crosses him. Right. And... Again, we live in the upside down where Republicans are like, Russians aren't that bad, which is like, <laughs> what the fuck? Are you we don't need about? sanctions. Uh, Russia's our buddy. They're not trying they, to hack. I mean, they, they're probably trying to hack the election, but whatever. whatever. They're doing it on our side. Whatever. And, and what they're forgetting is they don't give a fuck about Republicans no, or about Donald Trump no. or about conservative causes. Trump and, and Republicans right now are a means to an end. They That's want it. chaos and division in the U.S. because that serves their interests. Yes. If yes. there is chaos and division and, and it nothing weakens us works, as a world it power. weakens us it as a world power. It weakens our influence. Yep. It weakens our economic standing. And like Trump and the Republicans the the couldn't be dancing on a string for them any better. Yeah. History is going to look back on this, hopefully, if they're still a republic, and just smack our heads and be like, what? How did we let this happen? Yeah. What the fuck was happening? Right. And then fucking Rex Tillerson, right? He comes out and he's like, you know, they definitely hacked the election. They're definitely going to hack 2018 and there's nothing we can do. And you're like, whoa. No, wait, there's probably what? a lot we could be doing, Rex. And, yeah. And so then, you know, all the pundits come out and the people and the things and, and they're like, well, there's what... What he means is we aren't doing anything. <laughs> right. We could be doing a number of things. Yes. We just are not doing those things. So it's not that there's nothing we can do. And it's true that there's no way that we can, you know, with a 100% accuracy, prevent any meddling and any hacking. <laughs> like hackers are hackers and it's going to, they want to do this. They're going to get away with some of it. But the fact that we've taken no action to prevent it and we're just like, well, shrug, guess mm -hmm. we're going to get hacked. Oh, well, is very concerning. Yeah. And, and it just speaks to the fact that for the moment, uh, well, first of all, Trump cannot cross the Russians for a myriad reasons. Yes. And secondly, the Republicans as a whole, if they weren't complicit themselves in some shady shit, mm -hmm. like we know Dana Rohrbacher was, but like... They're like, right now, this is helping us. So why do we want to yeah, shut it down? No. We're going to lose in 2018 if the Russians can help that not happen. Shut it. Like, let it happen. Who cares? And you may think we're being overly cynical, but why are they not trying to stop Russian interference in our election? 
Right. It's pretty simple calculus. Right. And it's shocking and it's crazy and it's just not covered enough. And again, it's because we're in this world like it can't be this bad, can it? Right. It can't be this this insane. Yes. And yeah, and, and, and like so much more after this this era is over. Yeah. And Democrats If the Republic still stands. If the Republic still stands and Trump is no longer president and Democrats own at least one chamber of Congress, the shit that is gonna be revealed yeah. is, is just gonna be so gobsmacking, jaw dropping. Yeah. And people still won't believe it. Yeah. Like you know, we even even the media hasn't even gotten around yet to Felix Sater. I don't know who that is. That's that's the uh, the Russian uh, money main money laundering guy that Trump is super deep into bed. Oh with. yeah, that yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, Mueller's on top of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about what's happening with that. I guess. Um, <coughs> so, the Democrats, as you know, crafted a rebuttal memo to the stupid Nunes memo. Yeah. And it's Nunes, by the way. Don't call him Nunes. Always be Nunes in my heart. The Noons memo. And uh, it, it was unanimously said, everybody on the committee, the uh, House, Intelligence House Intelligence Committee, even... Who voted to release the Nunes memo, uh-huh. said the Schiff memo, Adam Schiff from California, who's kind of a firebrand. I kind of love him. Uh, they were like, yes, of course, because their whole argument was transparency with the Noons memo, right? Mm-hmm. And they were like... See, you're calling him Noons now. Now they're like, Adam Schiff, <laughs> like, we can't, we can't, they're still politicians. We can't not. So fuck it, fine, yes, do it. And then... And yesterday happened? was the day for Trump to decide, and he said, oh, this is too sensitive, there's too many security concerns, so we can't release it. Yeah, so they're not releasing. So how... So, wow. The memo saying Here's all my the shocked things face. that are not true about the Noons memo. And, and, and I said, and the pundits were like, oh, he, he's not going to... He can't really do that, can he? And it's like, of course he can. Yeah. There's no... There's no, there's no rules. There's no rules, and, there's, and who's going to hold any accountability to that? Nobody. 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 No. No. Nope. And and in a, in a weird way, and I don't think Trump's thinking about it this way, but in a weird roundabout way, I think it's easier to do that because the Noons memo was such a dud. Yeah. Like if the Noons memo had this crazy shit about Illuminati's and Obama Obama's conspiracies and, and with the sex ring and like the, I think whatever. it would have been harder to not like oh we gotta see what's in this Democratic memo rebutting this. And like, since the news memo was a dud, I think a lot of the punishing the country is like, oh, whatever. It doesn't I mean, matter because it didn't mean anything. Yeah, it didn't in mean the anything in the first place. place. Right. But to your point, we were talking about this yesterday. It's really stupid because all he's doing is adding fuel to the fire yeah. of then what's in it. Right. And then what? And if this you just was obviously it on a Friday afternoon, like the other one, we read it and go, oh, yeah, the things we kind of thought would be wrong were wrong. Cool. Well, it, it's probably just reiterating everything that when the first few hours was rebutted. Right. It's probably just in official form, which right. is probably kind of boring. I, right. I assume, unless there's more explosive but stuff hit, in there. But I don't, the president I doubt being it. like, there's, this is too sensitive. It's like, oh God, well, I wonder what's in it then. <laughs> You're right. What could possibly be in it right. if it's too sensitive? And then if the and when it does come out, it's going to be heavily redacted. And so my question is, there's no more rules. Just release the fucking thing or just, just leak, leak it. it. Just leak just it. Give it to Washington Post and say, fuck it. I don't know who leaked it. I don't so know. rogue staffer, rogue staffer that's been oh, taken well. care of. But but see, the Democrats don't do that. They're too worried. And the Washington and they, Post can't reveal a source and would never. So who knows who gave it to them? Who knows? But the, but my point is that Democrats won't do that because they're still playing by a set of rules in an arena where the rules have been scrapped. Yes. Like people don't understand our disadvantage with these things. Yes. We're still trying to go by a system of rules and norms 
that have been eliminated and that most of the media doesn't care has been eliminated and are still trying to cover it as if there are rules and norms. And therefore, like we've been screaming about like half this podcast, there are no rules for the other side just for us. Yes. Yep. But I don't know if I'm Schiff and Ted Lou or anybody, I'm, I'm leaking the, the important parts. Just yep. fuck it. Because yep. what, what? What? What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Right. What? There's no fucking rules. Right. What, You're going to say oh, you aren't allowed to do that because of X. What is, is Noon's going to hold a press conference and say the shit got leaked from this memo that that is wrong because the the president said not to. And it's like, who's going to take that seriously? Yeah. I, I, but. But it is up to the president to declassify information and he can decide to do that or not do it. And he decided he's just not to. he's just not. And no. they're going to have to leak portions of it out. Yeah. That's what I think is going to happen. Or uh, who cares? Is, unless there's anything like explosive in or it. Or maybe like, Trump will just cares? get bored and sick of it. Whatever. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> it. What does it even say? <laughs> he, he, didn't he didn't read, read it. it. No, that of course was, he didn't li- fucking read he it. He literally tweeted that it was too long this morning. <laughs> oh, my God. They, they sent me this long memo and I didn't want to read it. So, no. <laughs> it's too classified. Too long and too classified. Too long and too classified. TLDR. No. TLDR. Don't worry about it. It's boring. <laughs> we talk about, I don't know. My parade. My parade. And the size of my dick. Yeah. I do not have tiny hands. And I can <laughs> read, and I definitely banged a porn star. Well, that also came out in the Washington Post that he's not reading his security brief. Yes, his, his secu- daily brief. His daily briefings. He's just not reading no, it. No. He's, he's having other them- people transcribe the cliff notes to him. Yes. He's not even reading the cliff notes. No, they're reading it to him out loud. Not the whole thing, though. No. Because they are. And so this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Opex that's reading it? This guy comes out, and he's like, probably. And he's like, He's uh, clearly like a, a, a career service person, right? Like uh-huh. a, a person who's been in, in government for a long time and, and knows about these things. And he's trying to explain. And he's like, well, this is highly unusual. It has been said that it is not our job to mandate how the president receives information. <laughs> it is only our job to make sure that the president receives it in whatever form he wants to receive it in. This president likes pictures. <laughs> Pop-ups. Pictures and graphs, and he prefers things read to him audibly, and it's not really my position to judge that. Baby. Because he literally can't read. He's a big dumb baby. Oh, he could probably read. He's just too reading's boring, Rachel. Boring. And I also think he, he's literate, but moderately. I like I like when he live tweets Fox and Friends. <laughs> the president of the United States just live tweets Fox and Friends like verbatim. Mm-hmm. It's like, yep. oh, they're saying all the good things about me. And then he just live he just live tweets. Like I wish like Obama would have just live tweeted the Rachel Maddow show. Like spent hours <laughs> doing it. <that. laughs> It's not really the equivalent, though. That would have been like live. That would be, that's actually factually accurate. Most it it of the would time. be like live tweeting um, the Mike Malloy show or something this like show. that. Yeah, it would be like live tweeting a reference testimony. <laughs> it's a good job. Next next Democratic president is live tweet our podcast. We'll say all kinds of wonderful things about you, They'll hopefully. You'll have to bleep me out and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Kristen Gillibrand, Joe Biden. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. No. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Bernie and Sanders. Then, look, fuck no. <laughs> he won't want to live tweet us. <laughs> no, I don't think he would want to live tweet us. No, I don't think he would want to do that. Well, I'll tell you how to Bernie Sanders presidency will go. <sighs> Universal health care. Nope. No. Free college. Nope. No. 
Okay, now what? Congress doesn't want to work with me. They're terrible. Vote vote all these Green Party people or no. independents that I want. I, I, I don't progressive, real progressive. I really don't know how that would work. Yeah. Would he be a Democrat? I don't he has to yeah, be he, he has to never be. win the electoral yeah, college. Yeah, he, so. he'll we will have to be a Democrat. But then he's gonna be the head of the party. No, he you hates. know you know what he would do? He would find common ground and get the best he could, just like Obama. Yeah. And his people would hate him. Seriously, that's what he's, he's not just going to shut down the government and not pass anything if he was president. Think about this for a second. Yeah. What would he realistically do? He's been in Congress for, for decades. He would realistically do the same incremental stuff that Hillary was saying she was going to do honestly. But had a fucking plan about. Yeah. An actual plan. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's, he's not going to get in and will a highly divided Congress to all of a sudden turn us into a socialist country. A democratic socialist no. country? No. But anyway, well, we got plenty yeah. of time to scream about that. <laughs> oh boy, are we going to? Uh, no, because he's not going to run. Because I'm going to make him. He run. is no! going to run. No, he is running. Biden is so running. No. What other old farts can we dig up? Fuck. Kerry, John Kerry. He's not really. I mean, Kerry will run for a day. <laughs> Realize he can't raise any money and go away. Hopefully, everybody, all of them go Walter away. Walter Mondale's still alive. I'm. You know what? I'm just. I'm all set. On the white old white dude front, I'm all set. <laughs> I'm good. I've had my fill. I am maybe Stan Hoyer will run. I'm, I'm good. I'm maybe just Schumer good. will run. I'm good. I'm all set. I'm all set on the old white dude as the How president. How about Bill Richardson again? How about none of up. the people that have? First of all, none of the people who've ever run before. How about Bob Graham? Ever? Oh, is he still alive? Probably not. I have no idea who that is. He's former governor of Florida. Nobody who's ever run before. No old white dudes. Yeah. That's my new rule. How about Jerry no, how about Jerry Brown? None. I mean he's super liberal. <laughs> no. 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 Of course any of them wins the nomination will be I would like a queer woman of color, please. <laughs> well, you'll you can check one of those boxes. I'm just saying I would like one. I <laughs> but I'll take any of the three, as long as it's not an old white dude. Really, well, I, I, I don't I'm know good. that an old white dude is going to win the nomination, but I know that old white dudes are running, many of them. We're going to have a clown car full of them, babe. Yeah. So many old white dudes. They're going to be crawling <sighs> out of the walls. Mansplaining to me everything <laughs> all the time, and then their supporters. Maybe I'll just stop being involved in politics after all. Yeah, right. <laughs> Good luck with that. Take up knitting. So what do we got in the last 10 minutes? <clears throat> um, I want to talk about something that's local, but that's national at the same time. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, as you all know, we haven't covered it much here because I'm waiting for the decision to come down. But uh, a bakery, I guess, a cake shop. And my right city the of Lakewood, right, right next Sheridan, to where we right? live, yes, called Masterpiece Cake Shop, it was owned by a piece of shit homophobe named Jack something. His name is not important because I don't give a fuck about Me him. Off. Anyway, he refused to make a wedding cake for a lovely gay couple. And mm-hmm. I don't know if they're lovely or not. I'm sure. sure okay. Now this wasn't a cake like with a big ejaculating penis or. Any, it's a wedding cake. It, it's just, it was literally. It's a, a fucking wedding, wedding cake. cake. Yeah. They were getting married. 
that he found out it was a gay couple because like they ostensibly they came into the shop. They together. came into the shop and said, "We're getting married. We would like you to make us a cake because we hear you make great cakes. You made it for like my sister or some shit." Yeah, and he said, "Sorry, no, no. I can't because religious you, freedom." Yeah, meaning that he's a Christian. Just to clarify, he's a Christian, and it violates his First Amendment rights to freely practice his religion without government oversight. By the way, anyway, so he refused to make them a cake. They sued him. Awesome. Uh, just so that we're clear on the law here, if you own a business that serves the public, mm-hmm. it's what's called a public accommodation. Right. Public accommodation, post the 1960s, we're not allowed to discriminate on the basis Well, literally, of this is from the Civil Rights Act, although the protections for LGBT people later. are yeah. not in it currently. Um, so the question is whether or not LGBT people are covered mm-hmm. under the public accommodations of the Civil Rights Act, right? So it's it's gone to the courts, to the appeals courts, to the Colorado State Supreme Court, to the U.S. Supreme Court. Well, has it gone to the U.S. Supreme Court yet? <clears throat> Absolutely. They heard yeah. oral arguments on it in the fall. But they haven't and we'll decided get, yet. No. So right. we, we expect a decision sometime in the spring. So. Which most people think will be six, at least 6-3 in favor of the gay couple. Yes. Except Neil Gorsuch is now on the court because elections have fucking consequences. Well, I think even with Gorsuch. And Gorsuch is most known for siding with religious freedoms over rights. So he's a religious freedom fanatic. Yeah. Alito, Thomas, Gorsuch. People think probably those three. And maybe Roberts. Mm. Roberts, um, mm. during oral arguments, was flim flammy. He seemed he's a little like. always flim flammy. He seemed a little like. This might be a good idea. I don't know. It is religious freedom. And <laughs> Gorsuch is... fucking jackass. I yeah, can't oh stand Oh, my God. Roberts. He's just a, the worst. Okay, he's not the worst, but he's the worst uh, in different ways. Yeah. Anyway, so in Colorado, we have something called the Colorado Civil Rights uh, Commission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's part of DORA, which is the Department of Regulatory Affairs. Mm-hmm. It's a committee or a commission... Um, that oversees things like this, and it was involved in this Masterpiece Cake Shop thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So funding for this committee came under the Joint Budget Committee Thursday um, because it was set to sunset, mm-hmm. so they had to reauthorize Authorize. funding for the committee, which should have been a fucking no-brainer. Mm-hmm. But because of this bullshit homophobe case, it deadlocked on party lines, and this is the Senate thing, and... Doesn't it go to the governor then? No. If, if Because it deadlocked, it doesn't pass, and it's been defunded. <laughs> yeah. So it killed the agency's funding beginning July 1st if that decision is not reversed. Republican State Senator Kevin Lundberg of Berthoud posted on his Facebook page that a decision on whether to fund the Civil Rights Commission, which is embroiled in a U.S. Supreme Court fight over a discrimination case, is predicted. Uh, predicated on whether the commission can survive a sunset review of its authority. Uh, Remind me, the, our state senate is what fifty fifty. A fifty, we have the Republicans control the senate by one. Seat. So, so we got one crossover to make it a tie, or somebody didn't. No, vote? the the, the joint, joint budget committee is uh, part of the senate, but it's half and half. That's not the full senate that didn't. vote. Correct, it's it, the joint budget committee, and, that and shut they're it down. perfect half and half. And yeah. they voted along perfect party lines. Yes. In an election year, folks. To defund the Civil Rights Commission. Are you fucking kidding me? I hope that's getting a lot of local press coverage. It I don't is. watch a lot of local news here. You know that I 
rabidly follow Colorado politics. You're, you're, <laughs> I'm going to make you record a Colorado minute for Kegra after this. Okay. So, John Hickenlooper, um, I haven't seen his uh, response until just now, but let me read it really quick. Um, his spokesperson, Jackie Montgomery, told Colorado Politics, which is the source that I'm reading these quotes from, quote, the Civil Rights Commission and its staff are charged with protecting Coloradans from unlawful discrimination and promoting equal protection in areas such as housing and employment. Refusing to fund the commission is puzzling at best and sends the wrong message to Coloradans and businesses looking to move to Colorado on the state's commitment to equal rights. Speaker of the House Chrysanta Duran, mm-hmm. a Denver Democrat, is sponsoring the Sunset Review Bill that would reauthorize the Civil Rights Commission and Division. She was equally disturbed by the decision, stating early afternoon that Republican members of the JBC, quote, are undermining key protections for Coloradans against discrimination. The CCRD is up for sunset review this year, and preemptively trying to defund it is an outrageous move. <laughs> yeah. Which is, of course. Uh, the other, the only other quote that I wanted to read was Jonah Goose, who used to be the head of um, DORA mm-hmm. and is now running um, uh, for Congress in Colorado. He would be the first African-American um elected to Congress out of Colorado. He's running for Jared Polis's seat in Boulder, which is a very blue... Because Polis is running for governor. Yes, Polis is running for governor because John Hickenlooper's termed out. Anyway, he was the former head of DORA, and he said today, the JBC decision is politics at its worst. At its worst. Instead of protecting the civil rights of all Coloradans, several legislators voted to prioritize grandstanding and political gamesmanship. He called on Republicans on the JBC to, quote, do their job fund the commission and division and stop playing political games. So it's getting a lot of press here. It's not fully like gone, gone. We still have a fight about it um, because of the sunset review quote of its authority, but it's very closely tied to this, this cake shop thing and whether or not this division has any rights to do anything and blah, blah, blah. So I just wanted to talk about that briefly before we go, because it's very upsetting, especially in a state, you know, we, we laud ourselves on, you know, well, Colorado, we're very blue right now, and we, we're, we're a safe haven from this administration right. and from right. Trump, and, right. and we, you know, Denver's a sanctuary city, and Hancock <laughs> That's a other thing is not... Um, they haven't given up on fighting sanctuary cities. No, every, and, every, and every Denver is considered a sanctuary city. keeps shooting city, them down, the Republicans. And ICE is targeting Denver. We had the... Out of all the cities in the country per capita, we had more undocumented immigrants rounded up in Denver than any other city in the country. Yeah. Um, Hancock and the Colorado um, legislature have basically said, fuck you to ICE, and Mm -hmm. they're not going to hold people past when they should be released from prison for ICE to detain them. They've asked them to stay out of courtrooms, which they haven't done. We're in a battle with ICE. But lest we forget. larger than Aurora facility is now getting sued for making detainees do slave labor. Yep. I mean, detainees. Lest we forget, even though we live in Colorado, we are not ever safe from this administration and from the far-reaching nature of of the bullshit that it, it's doing, whether it be immigration or civil rights or anything else. And so the only way that we can protect ourselves is, of course, get involved in local politics, but also vote, vote Democrat, because if we had control of both houses in this state, this wouldn't be happening. Mm-hmm. If we had control of the Congress, this wouldn't be happening. So, vote. Vote. That's about going to do it for us. Um, God only knows what will happen next week. We didn't even get to the fact that the 
third in line at the DOJ, uh, left to go work at Walmart. I, I don't know whether as a greeter or a cashier or a <laughs> yeah, loss yeah, control yeah. specialist. Like some, yeah, yeah, some kind of high-ranking Walmart. Whatever. Yeah, um, whatever. And what does that mean? Is Rosenstein about to get fired? And Rosenstein, sorry. Yeah. Rosenstein? I, I don't I don't know. know. Matt always points out that the Republicans purposely mispronounce it, just like I do with Noons. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, I guess they're doing whichever one they think sounds more Jewish. Oh. Not, not that it matters. Uh, in any event, I don't. Yeah, okay. Yes, Trump is going to try <laughs> to fire Rosenstein. Yeah, and we just don't know how or when or how that's going to go down. But he yeah. is. So we'll probably maybe we'll be talking about that next week. Yeah, the whole Saturday Night Massacre. Uh, an important thing to remember, though, even if they somehow quote unquote shut Mueller down. Mueller's not going to stop doing his investigation. No. <laughs> like when Nixon got rid of Archibald Cox, Archibald Cox didn't stop doing his job. Right. And then his information came out and, you know. The rest is history. The rest is history. Okay. Irreverent Duo, uh, Twitter, irreverenttestimony at gmail.com. Stay active, stay tuned, stay involved. Stay involved.